Darren Jamaican, mate. Clearly on top. Arcadia Queen is running on. 200 to go. Russian Camelot has a race. Arcadia Queen coming at Russian Camelot. Russian Camelot, Arcadia Queen. Arcadia Queen first look at 2000 is going to turn over Russian Camelot. Arcadia Queen elected a quarter Russian Camelot. I remember watching it back then, this might might be pretty smart, I think. Sivana Hood, the Leonard's son, goes for the lead at the 200 metres, puts out a length and a half, two lengths, Vasilator, and extends the Autumn Sun, three or four lengths in front, a serious racehorse, the Autumn Sun, blazes in spring, burns in six lengths. G'day legends, welcome to another episode of the Second Again Racing Podcast. I'm Nick, joined by Jackson of course, and well, <laughs> let's just be honest, we're on our high haunches this week. Yeah, we're on the toe, um, up and about, fantastic weekend. I feel like it's been sort of two or three weeks of grafting, plenty of good results, but it all came to fruition on Saturday, mate. Monster weekend. When we're talking about a monster weekend, we're to- probably talking about the biggest we've ever had um, in terms of on the tip. I'm going to talk you through a few stats. How many, how many winners do you think we tipped? Do you know? It's double digits. I know that. Yeah. yeah. So we've tipped 10 out of 20. Um, so across the Flemington and the Rose Hill cards, we've tipped nine winners out of 19 races. <laughs> and then, of course, the Best Western absolutely prevails, as it always does. Yep. Average price? Jeez, that's, that, that's <laughs> got to be approaching double digits as well. Not quite double digits, but $6.50, mate. And the, the thing about it was we tipped place getters as well. So... In those races at Rose Hill where we missed, we only had two races where we didn't find a top two or three. Mm. So it was just, yeah, it was really good going. I think we need to go through just a couple of runners. So there were some really, really good performances. Um, Waterford in the last at Rose Hill, special. Smart horse, smart horse. They know what they've got there with that horse. So Waller will just continue to progress that horse through the grades. And um, another second again tip, mate. So all, all doing well. Absolutely. Um now, Clemenco, or Clemenso, a little bit disappointing, but what did you make of Remark? Yeah, I don't think there's any shame in, in getting rolled by Remark. He was beautifully prepared on the day by the Hawks and just got the got the gun run. So, excellent ride by Bowman in the end. He, he got the gaps and, and just sat on the back of Clemenso and was too good. Clemenso, I want to be a little bit forgiving of. I'm not going to hop off that horse. I know the Hawks have got an opinion of it as well. Um, I just thought Pike missed the boat a little bit. I he thought did. he just sort of sat there pretty... Wanted to just, you know, sort of pose for the cameras a little bit, take it easy on the horse first up, and I thought that told in the end. Whether he goes on to win or not, I'm not sure, but I definitely want to follow that horse going forward. Yeah. Good to see Remark going well, though, which is fantastic. Like, they Classy cut horse. the goes off, yeah. cut them off, and then they go, all right, we'll come out and win a race now. Correct. Um, two good Olfen horses we should touch on. They're both winners. Um, we've got Golden Mile and In Secret, both really impressive three-year-olds. Mm. There hasn't been a three-year-old come out and stand themselves yet. These two sort of did in a way. It's interesting the Phillies are still dominating. I think no. we're still waiting for some of these Colts to stand up and be counted for. I know Best of Bordeaux was pretty brave on the weekend, but still no match for the Phillies. The In Secret just came over the top. The money was there for both of them. So in these juvenile sort of two- and three-year-old races, the money tells. So, you know, late money always has something to say, and In Secret was too good in the end, got the gun run and just came over the top of them, super smart. But I was actually more impressed with the race before with uh, Golden Mile. I thought it was an excellent performance and over a 1,400-metre trip. So going towards the Golden Rose, you know it handles the trip. There's no question marks there. Whereas those horses in the run to the Rose have got to now step up in trip and still improve. Yeah, for sure. And I think Golden Mile, there was a little bit of queries around the form and where it had been. It had a nice soft run leading into it, but came out and probably proved all them wrong. Mm. Then we headed south, and it just continued to rain down there. Like, really, we went five for nine mm. um, down there. Macram, first of all, we're not going to touch on this horse because it's not a form reference or mm. something we're going to follow forward, but 20 to one, Jacko, hats off, mate. That was you. Yeah, I mean, that horse had cardiac arrhythmia first up. Um, <laughs> Didn't this time? Not this time, not at all, but I think that's why we got the price. I couldn't work it out because two starts back, one over the track end trip at, uh, at Flemington last prep, and, you know, one bad run, you've got to forgive, especially when there's vet checks involved. So, yeah, I mean, $20, that's fruit. It was crook. I got a few really nice messages as well about that tip. So, shout out to the boys if you haven't listened. Um, I definitely had a piece as well, which was nice. Sometimes I'll let those ones go, go around, but when I saw 20 to 1 and Jackson Laurie was half keen, it's usually a pretty good sign. Um, I want to make mention to a race. And look, it's safe to say I did bring a bucket. 
I brought a bucket for this podcast session because we're going to discuss this race. Mm. You were very bullish about on Thunderstruck. I admitted he was the horse to beat. I understood he's the best horse in the race, but I happened to take $13 alligator blood mm. two weeks prior. On Thunderstruck, he's a freak. Yeah, we spoke about it in the preview podcast that no one matches him over 400 metres over these mile 1,400 metre trips. It's just his late sectionals are just elite. There's there's no one that sort of can match him over that last sprint. I thought on Saturday, if Alligator Blood was ever going to beat him, it was going to be then. Got the soft lead, had the run under the belt, was nice and fit. Tim Clark came over for the ride, never got pressured at any stage in the run. Gave a kick at the 300, looked home while I'm Thunderstruck was still checking off heels and had to go back to the inside. You thought it was all over. You must have been lining up to count the cash, mate. But um, I do I do feel for you because I've been there. But look, $13, you'd take it again because it was good punting at the end of the day. And I think he started around $4, 440 thereabouts. Yeah, four, 460 I think, okay. game day. Okay, so, you know, it's it's good punting whether, whether he gets rolled or not. So um, I, I'm with you there. I would have taken the $13 as well had I seen it. But... Look, I'm thunderstruck. He'll just go up to you know. He's a star, but they're they're still trying to stretch him out to the two thousand meter mm-hmm. trip as well, which is interesting. I've got the opinion that he's a mile horse, and I don't want to see him stretch beyond there because I think he loses that electric turn of foot, which we know he has. The last horse that I'm going to touch on because I, I need to move on from that race pretty quickly. <laughs> um, kiss on all four cheeks. Nice return. Mm. Well, obviously sec- second up um, run. Mm. Nice enough. Is there a race for her? I think she's headed towards an Empire Rose. Yeah. She's another one around that mile trip that's probably her limit. She doesn't get beyond that trip, or at least I don't think she'll be advantaged that way. You, you touched on the first up run, put the riding on the wall. She mm. was in really good company there, and um, you know I just thought $4 was a ridiculous price. Yes, she drew wide, and um, obviously we're not sure how, how that new trainer, Nick Ryan, was going to train him yeah. or her. Uh, might have had a set for targets later in the prep, but she just was too good in the end, and, and the class came to the fore. Excellent ride from Zara, just kept her out of trouble and kept her in space, and she was much too good. So um, all the second, again, loyal listeners and punters, hopefully they came with us. We definitely gave it a good rap uh, leading into it, so hopefully you did. couple horses for me to watch. Um, Pinstripe, I thought it was a really, really good return running second. Um, I don't know what sort of race is in store for that horse. It'll be 1,400, 1,600. I just think this horse is a superstar. A real, well, maybe not a superstar, but I think he could be a really nice Group 2, Group 1 potential horse. Definitely, yeah. As at, Earlier as a three-year-old, they aimed him in an all-star mile and those sorts of races and, you know, all sorts of guineas races as well. He Hitotsu and, and those sort of form lines. So, um, yeah, definitely excited to see where that horse comes back to. And the one up north is... Oh, look, I'm, I'm probably not the only person on the planet. He was 340, he started on the weekend, but... Mr. Mozart, mm. after looking sunk, completely sunk, mm. off a really nice trial leading into it, mm. comes out, probably three, was it three wide, the trip sort of chasing a Tough little run. bit? And then came, comes back in that last hundred, so obviously a little bit fresh, but there's a race in store for that horse. He's very tough, trialed super before that run as well, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where he's going to get to this prep. He was on the canvas and just dragged himself back up and just kept finding through the line. So he's definitely got a race in in this prep. I think he wants a wet track, though, still in my opinion. I think he does want it wet. So we'll see how he goes. Mate, the best thing about a good weekend on the punt is you get to move on quickly. Well, not too quickly. We're trying to bask in it a little bit. Well, it's good to bask in it, Ned. But like I say, the last two or three weeks, we've found plenty of winners. It hasn't just been the week that's just gone, even though it's obviously a highlight. Not every week turns out that way. I think the second you become complacent in this game is the second you've lost. So the punting game will just chew you out and spit you out if you if you become complacent and think you're on top of the world. So there's work to be done this week, mate. Bang. And with that, we're going to roll straight in. So we're going to do um, five, five races at Randwick. Um, there's some really nice racing, and then we're going to do four or five um, down south as well at Caulfield. they got the Pro U Day down there. Mm. Um, now, Randwick's looking like we're going to have a potentially another good track. Yeah, there's a bit of rain around tomorrow, I saw. It's currently uh, in the soft range. My main concern is around if horses can make up ground. The rail was out about three kilometres two weeks ago and nothing made up ground you know, whatsoever. It was a wet deck, so maybe that had something to do with it. My concern is the rail now goes back to true. Is that sort of wider ground going to be inferior for those horses trying to swoop? All right, race five, we're going to kick it off there. It's the Bill Ritchie Handicap, usually a nice race leading into the spring. So we've got Crosstalk, top of the market over 1,400, is 280 
president off a really nice trial was three fifty with top ranked first up two mm. six dollars. So purple sectors nines, Larkins nine fifty, and then you go to really big odds for the rest. So character paternals back at nineteens as well with ranch hand and the front man. A lot of light weights in this race. You got nearly every horse is under fifty four kilos except for top ranked. Mm. The map. The map, so Crosstalk is rolling forward. Um, Gay Waterhouse, they just press on with their horses. They send them to the front. Looks the sole leader here, so that's a big advantage for that horse. It's obviously got the race fitness and trial in between runs, so I think very hard to beat here. O President for Bjorn Baker's sort of drawn a uh, middle to inside gate, should roll forward, and the front man has a little bit of speed as well. Top ranked is the other uh, horse they've identified in the market, the one you mentioned that has that bit of weight. He'll flop out the back uh, from that sort of inside gate. Concern there is, are they making up ground by this stage of the day? I touched on that that wider wider sort of lanes off away from the fence might be sort of not where you want to be by this time of the day, so we'll have to wait and see. I think between those two, they're probably the main two chances for me. Crosstalk is obviously hard to beat. I mentioned it's super fit. It's had the trial in between runs. We just touched on a horse that came out, Mr. Mozart and Ellsberg were both in that trial, so it's good form. Um, the horse is just going to be super hard to beat. They'll roll forward and they're always hard to run down. Gay Waterhouse and, and Adrian Bott. And top ranked is the one that I want to save on. This horse has got plenty of class and comes out of the superior form lines, actually, hence the weight. Came out of the Chipping Norton, that very elegant one, last prep. And, it's good you know, form. It's good form. <laughs> Colette, you know, they, these types of runners, that's super form. And finished a length and a half off them. So probably not a favourable trip. Maybe looking to get up to a mile, maybe a little bit further. But I think a couple of quiet trials wasn't asked to do a whole lot in either. The horse can hit a bit of a flat spot, which is the concern. But I think if there's enough speed on from crosstalk up front, that's the horse I want to save on for the flash. And Fly's first up. He's seven starts for five wins mm. first up too. So I can see where you like him. I'm with crosstalk. Fitness advantage. A lot of these horses are first up. Like our president's coming off a trial. Same as top ranked and a few others down the bottom. Um, oh, again, Adrian, 53 kilos straight to the front. I just... I can't avoid this horse. Nice little tune-up trial between runs. I think Crosstalk's the one. I do. It, I, I w- will have to admit, albeit the fact that it's got six, seven kilos more than the rest of them, top rank's class edge is just enormous on these horses. Good horse. And Annabelle Nisham selects these runners overseas and brings them over. You know, she doesn't just bring random horses over that just happen to fall in no. her lap. She finds them. She studies the form. She's obviously from that part of the world. And she's got that advantage of bringing them over and having them ready to go for Aussie preps. Darley T-Rose, that's race six. Um, it's over 1,400 metres. So we've got the fillies here. Um, obviously coming off last weekend, um, some really good three-year-olds coming through. And we've got three-year-old fillies here. Zoo Gotcha, top of the market, $2.70. Obviously a really impressive win. Um, first up in this preparation, knocking off a pretty smart one in, in secret. Mm. Um, North Star Lass is five bucks. Um, Paris Dior, six fifty. dollars Willinga Beast is six fifty as well. Wolverine sevens, and then you got double figures. So Russian Conquest, who just hasn't seemed to have come up whatsoever, is sixteens with seven veils at twenty ones, and then you got sort of six or seven other runners that are twenty one or more. Back to dry ground is the most interesting part of this race for me because a lot of these horses have faced each other mm. on wet ground, so it's mm. almost like a completely new race in a way. Zoo Gotcha does seem the obvious one to me, though. Based off what In Secret did on the weekend, it's hard to knock the form now for Zoo Gotcha. There was a few that mentioned that In Secret was unlucky that day and probably had her chance, um, would have had her chance to run down Zoo Gotcha. I don't know if that's the case. Mm. I thought it would have been very close at the very least. So that's super form now. It's been franked and, and you can trust that form. But that's why you've got to sort of stomach that price now of, of 280 or 290, whatever they're at at the moment. $13 that day too. Correct. So the SP profile comes into play there. The market didn't favour it on that day. And now you, all of a sudden you've got to take, you know, a fifth of the price. Mm. So it's it's hard to stomach. I'm probably trying to work around her. I just think there's a lot of different form lines coming in. Yes, Zugotcha's got the, you know, the most consistent form lines, but... With these three-year-olds, I just I don't know if I can follow them run to run. Mm. I just have to see them do it consistently, let them you know build across two or three preps, and then you can come in with confidence. I just find at this stage it's hard to back these three-year-old races with confidence. As far as the map goes, the two we mentioned them before: the Waterhouse and, and Bot Runners, Pantanaria and North Star Lass, both have inside gates. They're both going to boot up and take each other on. Whether they soften each other up or there's a bit of pack riding going on, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But <laughs> bit of UK stuff. Bit of UK stuff. A couple of a pace setters just to just to follow the bunny. But Grace's secret, the Kiwi mare for Waller as well, goes forward, um, and the rest sort of find their spot from there. 
Bit of a big field. There's again, there's a few question marks. Sue Gotcha maps pretty well to be sort of just off midfield, and and if if they get their chance, she might be too good. But the one I have, well, I want to have a little spec on is Wolverine. Came out of that Silver Shadow race and, uh, and was doing quite a lot of work late. Sort of got flushed out to the to the wider parts of the track and kept finding through the line. Yes, there was a probably good margin to the winner on that day, but kept finding and I lot really liked the the work through the line. Trial in between runs now stepping up to the fourteen hundred off 1200 meters first up. I've got a bit of an opinion of it and I think the market's identified it as well. So there's been early money. I think that's a horse I definitely want to save on. Obviously the pattern will tell because they're going to get back from that wide gate. The other one I just wanted to make mention to as well is the classy filly that I was actually a little bit keen on first up was Paris Dior. Mm. The wheels were just spinning for her first up. She was on that, obviously that bog track where it just kept bucketing down at Randwick a fortnight ago. And that was in behind Willinga Beast um, and North Star Lass where they just paired off and nothing else made up ground. I thought the run was brave for Paris Dior on that day and I'm happy to forgive her, especially seeing she's come up at $7 now. So I'll be playing 1-2 here for Wolverine and Paris Dior both. There you go. I can't really add too much, but Zugotcha for sure. Um, I think it's definitely the classy horse of the field. I think there are, is a lot of class through those top four or five in the market. Zugotcha just comes in... Um, Nice form lines have been secret. It's really obvious. McDonald opts to ride this horse. I, mean, mm. I dare say it would have, he would have had the choice of probably Paris Dior and this, and he has opted to choose the wall amount. Mm. Um, 270, you don't get any favours with the price, but I think it'll be going very close to winning. And then Paris Dior's the one, like, back to dry ground. The horse is a soup. Like, they, they, they think this horse is going to be really, really special. So I think back on top of the ground... Um, coming off a day where you couldn't make any ground up, I thought she was pretty tough, as you said. So they're the two for me, for sure. Race seven, we're moving on. We go to the George Main Stakes. Now, this is going to be an interesting race to go through because I have a feeling that one of the two big fellas, and one of them is Zaki, mm. who we're talking about, I have a feeling this horse might not be going to this race, but we can touch on that in a moment. So 1600, Animo, top of the market, 210. There's just no question marks about this horse anymore. He's a, he's an absolute star. Bonafide star over these middle distance trips. I don't know if there's one better on Australian soil at the moment. Um, Zaki, $3. Fangirl, 950 Profondo is 18s. So double digits after the first three in the market. Then you've got Jouet, who's also 18s, and then Hinged as well. Ice Bath. You know they've actually changed this horse's name, Jackson? You know what to? What's that? Bridesmaid. Mm, about time. It to. About time. Converge 26, Montefilia first up. Finds hopefully dry ground, 26 mm. and maximal. Let's just say Zaki runs. Let's let's do the race based on him running. Mm-hmm. Talk to me. Map-wise, Zaki will probably roll forward. So they come here. I know you're probably, you're probably leaning towards him going towards an Underwood, but just for sort of devil's advocate stuff, I think he'll roll forward and, and probably control this. Similar to a fortnight ago where they just handed up to him, he looks to get a soft lead again mm. if they do elect to come here. And, and that's very interesting where the tactics play uh, you know, in, into hands there. I'm not sure if T-Berry's ever ridden him in work or, or whether he's had anything to do with the horse. So I'm sure he's had somewhere along the way. But yeah, T-Berry's book, so we'll, we'll see how we go there. Profondo and Hinged have both drawn on the inside. They've got a little bit of tactical speed, the both of them. First up, I was expecting Profondo to settle a little bit closer than he did. Just got a little bit further back. I reckon maybe a couple of pairs back than they would have liked. Um, That horse can bounce back, especially getting back on top of the ground. So I think he's overs. He was probably unders first up. Now with this bigger quote, I think he's probably overs now. You need to stop acting like you're giving anything else a hope. Converge rolls forward from the (laughs) white gate and Montefiore is close enough. You touched on Zaki being in the market or not in the market. I hope he is, Ned. You know why? It won't matter. Because you get a price for Animo. <laughs> the more people that pile into Zaki, and, and, and I respect the horse. He's a star horse. He just had it all his way first up, and it was a far inferior field to the wink stakes that we saw Fangirl, Animo, Profondo. That's, that's 1,400 first up, though. Absolutely, absolutely. And that was when they had their chance to beat him, but it just wasn't that day. First up, he was came in off a couple of soft trials, didn't really do much in either. He couldn't have been 100% wound up, and he still spanked them in the way that he did. So quality field there in behind him that day, and he was just too good. I'm taking the opinion that Zaki's run a fortnight ago is inferior form. Not to say that the horse is inferior. I just think where Animo's at in his career at the moment, he's still got something left to give in terms of improvement. We know where Zaki's at. We know where he's at. He'll get out to 2,000 metres. 
He'll give an absolute peak performance like we saw in the Queen Elizabeth uh, last year or earlier this year. That's where he's at. Animo, we honestly don't know where he's at. Yeah. He could still improve a length and, and just absolutely destroy a field like this. So I just think the price that he's at at the moment, you just have to take, provided Zaki's in the field. If he comes out and Animo becomes a $1.50, $1.60, it's a non-bet, obviously. you know, Any horse can be beaten on any day. Yeah. $1.50 is not a bet for me, but as it stands... I absolutely chips in. I can't find one to beat him in this field. They'd have to get out to, you know, maybe 2,000 metres, third and fourth up to potentially beat him. Only thing I'd see potentially bringing him undone, Animo, is Patton on the day, if we see a track like we did at Ramwick two weeks ago, or if J-Mac just wants to take it easy on him and just sort of give him a soft yeah, running yeah. transit and just leave something in the tank for a Cox plate like they did last prep when they sent him out to that mile um, and he was beaten by Converge. Yeah. Um, that sort of day where he just sort of took it easy yeah, on him. That was the Rose Hill Guineas. Yes, I think it was the Ramwick Guineas before Randwick the Rose Hill Guineas. Yes, and yes, then yes. he obviously stepped up to 2,000 and won by 16 lengths. So that's that's just where they're at with that horse. If they come to play, if they want to win, they will win. He's the class. Brilliant return. Um, if Zaki's in the race, I think he gets a soft lead. I'm actually... I'm of the opinion he won't be in the race. I think they'll... With the whole J-Mac factor... With the fact that 1600 is probably going to be a little, still a little bit sharp for him against these gun horses, I think they'll go to an Underwood over 1800 down at Caulfield next weekend. Um, that's my opinion, and then they'll, these two will meet in a Cox Plate, which is just mouthwatering. Mm. Three horses I'm giving quick mention to: Fangirl, she'll run a place for sure. Mm-hmm. 1600 dry ground, massive ticks. Her first up run was brilliant, and she gets she steps up 200 and gets dry ground. If there's a Quinella horse, if I've ever seen it, it's this girl. She, she can run a Quinella race. Profondo, back on top of the ground as well. $18 does look over the odds. You're probably looking at, what, $4 the place, $3.50 on track around that mark. He can run a good race. And then Montefilia as well is the definite watch runner. She's not going to come out and win. That's not what she's going to do this weekend. But what she will do is she'll start making a bit of a, a claim. For, I don't know if she'll go Caulfield Cup. Path. I don't, I don't mm. know how big they're going to step her out. Mm. She might run in a Turnbull, some, something like that. So she's the watch runner for me for sure. Yeah, look, Profondo and, and Fangirl just want to touch on. Expect sharp improvement back on top of the ground, but they'd need Animo to stand in the stalls. <laughs> Bang. Um, now, this isn't the Everest by any stretch of the imagination, but tell you what, it's <laughs> in terms of the money, it's not, but the field it is, because mm. this is just unbelievable. Like, You've got Nature Strip, Eduardo. I'll go through them in a second, but this is the shorts. It's over 1100 This race is now worth a million dollars, I believe. Yeah, a million bucks. A lot of these horses are just genuine stars. Our, it, there's no doubt that our sprinting ranks are our strongest ranks. Like mm-hmm. We've literally breed to make sprinters now. Let's go through the market. It's really exciting. Nature Strip, back from overseas, he's, he's 250 top of the market. You just never get a price for this bloke anymore. And I think it's fair enough. Eduardo 390, Marzu 650, Lost and Runnings 850 there next. Classique Legend, the mm. big grey, the big question mark. You could say the elephant in the room. You could say that. Big grey elephant. The big, the big grey elephant. Les Bridger tell you that he'll win. Overpasses 14s, Mars Crusaders 18s, Andermatt and Athelric, the two Godolphin runners are 31s. Handle the Truth, Shelby 66, Ropping By and Anthol. Look, let's let's be honest. He's the best horse in the race, the strip. Mm-hmm. I want to know about the map because it's 1,100 metres. Talk me through where they're all going to get to. Or have a guess because I've got a few guesses. Mm. It's always those two that roll forward and pair off, more or less. They've taken turns in terms of who makes the pace in the past. Normally, you see Eduardo, especially with that run under the belt now, he'll probably serve it up to Nature Strip, and I can see that happening. They've got no other choice from that middle barrier. They've got to roll forward and, and sort of take nature strip on. Marzu goes forward as well. like where's... Marzu goes forward, probably not a leader over 1,100. No. I, I've got him, he's drawn perfectly again, so you just have to respect him for a top three chance. He's drawn perfectly and will sit in behind them. I've got him in the box seat. Lost and running's got a little bit of tactical speed. He probably sits outside Marzu. The one that will have a big bearing on, not on the market, but on the speed-wise, will be overpassed. Yeah. This horse that came and, and demolished a, a trial field by about 40 lengths, which we're seeing Bjorn Baker's <laughs> horses do these days, um, they've got a wide barrier. The horse has shown speed in the past. I don't know whether it's got the toe to match Nature Strip and Eduardo, 
but they've got the potential to overdo it because Bjorn Baker, similar to, to Gay Waterhouse, just sends his horses forward and they've got one way. Interesting to see if he'll take them on and then soften it up because I think that you know opens it up for a horse like Mazu and Lost and Running that are just camping in behind. As far as a bet, I can't go around Nature Strip. I can't. I just, with, with all the variables, variables being the case, even with the price, you never really 250 get... 250 is pretty gutless. It's gutless, but we talk about it all the time. You just don't get overs with him. You just have to take him as he comes. And there's no doubt about it, whichever race that he steps out in, he's the best. They tried to doubt him when he went over to Ascot and, and ran in that new market up the straight. He was too good, far too good. You know, he's coming off two wins as well. So I know there was question marks over his form going into um, that win over the... It was a TJ, wasn't it? His last start in Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah the TJ, playing. where he was just dominant. So I, I can't see one beating him here. The only question marks I have is how wound up is, is Waller going to have him? And did that England mini campaign break him a little bit? Because not only do horses have to handle the travel over there and settle while they're there, they also come back and have to resettle back in Australia now. And he's a superstar horse and obviously had that track gallop on Saturday that suggested that he's come back in good fettle. But I just think even at the price, as long as you're getting black odds with him, I still think it's a bet. Just want to mention as well, Classique Legend, our mate, the previous Everest winner. The big elephant. The big grey elephant in the room. <laughs> They'll get back. He's first up off virtually a year. His last run was the Everest where midfield, I don't know if you could say he had excuses that day, but Les Bridge just declares this thing every time it steps he, out. He's had one run in two years. And a trial, that's it. it has, it's not as if he's coming off three trials and a couple of you know track gallops to, to get a bit of fitness. Mm. This is the fitness run. Yeah, so exactly. they're not here to win this race, in my opinion, and they're just going to flop out the back and run on. Marzi, you've got to respect, though, for the top three chance. Look, Nature Strip, I hate betting around this horse because he proves me wrong all the time, and I absolutely love him. Like He's earned $18.5 million. I just think coming back, so they've... They take him over there for his 1,000-metre assignment over to England. Um, obviously, the only intent is winning. Like, they're over there, rock-hard fit, almost treating it like a second or third up run. Had to win. Had to, He's representing the country. Mm -hmm. He comes back here with his main goal being the Everest. Like, you, you can't tell me that this horse has been in peak condition for four months, three months. Yeah. That's what... And, and Waller's just the master at grand finals. Yeah. So... $2.50, I couldn't take it. I just, I, I can't take it at the moment. He might come out and win, and that's just the animal that he is. He knows how to win, and he's he's almost, he's more than just a horse. Like, he knows exactly what he's doing out there. He's got the best jockey in the world on him. He can win. I'm with Eduardo. Eduardo was fantastic first up. He drifted in the market out to $2.70 on game day, and that was in the wet where he really, he, he goes super in the wet. Mm-hmm. 1100 is his dead set go. I think he sits just off the speed, if not leads. Um, catch me if you can. Draws eight. I, I just, I can't go around him at four bucks. I think that the, the price discrepancy is far too big between the two, considering the conditions. Like, Eduardo's second up now. He's, mm -hmm. This is his peaking time. He'll go into the Everest looking really good. I, I think he wins this. Mazu, interesting runner. We've been a massive fan of this horse all the way through. I just think it's a huge step up. And I want to see it done first. Like, even that stride broke that he won, like, is that really these horses? Not mm, really. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I'm going around. And then Lost and Running is the last one. Probably a bit short. Interesting runner. Probably a little bit short of his best. Just on Eduardo, I wanted to ask you, nothing against either of the jockeys, right? I'm not talking about the jockeys. Mm. I'm more talking about relationships, right? <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't ask this. Nash Willa <laughs> rides Eduardo throughout prep work, trials, you know, track, track gallops, especially race day, obviously, now got that suspension. They've got to put Avdala on. Not saying he's an inferior jockey, but in terms of relationships with Eduardo, do you think that's something that could play out? I think this might be a soft answer, but I think with these top-line horses, I don't really think it matters too much. Like, do you think that with a Huey Bowman on a Winx, do you think we would have ridden her to win? I would have hopped on Winx at 78 and still just... I, I, would, have, I would have left the Persuader in the sheds and still, and still won by four. But if you look at... Like, I'll, I'll give you an example. When Craig Williams hopped on Zaki yeah, in true. the Underwood last prep and, and, you know, not to say that the, the, the jockey or the horse weren't there on the day. It's just the fact that relationships do matter and the horses know who's on their back and um, they're very smart animals. So I don't know whether that's that's got something to... to 
you know, play out on Saturday, but I would definitely be respecting Eduardo a lot more if I saw Enrilla next to the name. Agree, and I'm probably a bit flat that he isn't on. They do have such a good affiliation together. It's going to be exciting. I hope, hopefully, one of them wins. Keen, keen. Something over the top could win as well. Like, who knows? Mm. It's just such an exciting race. You could talk about it forever. And in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to get to talk about the big one, brother, which is really exciting. Correct. Final race we're going to cover in Sydney. So it's the Kingston Town, and this is the key lead-up race for the Metrop in two weeks' time. Um, that's day one of the championships, I believe, that the Metrop's on. This is over 2,000. Benno's top of the market, 420. Shawfire's 460. Then you've got Gold Trip, 480. We should mention that he is dual accepted down south as mm. well. Knight's Order, just coming off a Sydney Cup win and then comes out and wins over 1,600 first up, albeit track pattern, but unbelievable training performance to win a, win a Sydney Cup at 32 and then halve the distance and come out and win by a few lengths first up. Stockman, 12s, no compromise, 15s, Allegron's 15s as well. Francesco Guardi is 18s, and then you've got Elephant, Crystal, Pegasus, and Elias are all 30s plus with a few others. I love this bloke. I've got, I've got so much time for Richie Benno. Richie, so much yeah. time. I've followed him all prep. Yeah, I, I think he's a bet here. I really do. I, I, uh, I'm very attracted to that price. I'll just touch on the map first to get the full picture. So Knight's Order, you mentioned that horse that rolled forward first up over the mile. Pretty much has the lead by itself again here, which is interesting. It had the, the stable mate Entente come and bother it a little bit uh, first up. Entente, you know, probably hasn't hit the post yet. And Knight's Order went on to win by, you know, a, a good margin in the end and was very strong through the line. Sacramento rolls forward as well. Angel of Truth uh, for the Hawks has drawn inside and, and probably will be close enough. Um, the rest of them sort of get back and find their spots from there. Francesco Guardi's got a touch of tactical speed and can be, can be thereabouts, probably midfield, and I've got them sort of two to three pairs back. Benno's the key runner. So where does Pike go? How aggressive is he out of the gates? Does he want him being sort of middle to, to wide barrier? Does he want him on that three wide trail? Or does he get all the way back and just hope for the run in between runners? Being a 2,000 metre race, you'd hope that they'd all get their chance and the best horse does win. I think he's the best horse in the race and I think yeah. around that $4.50 four, uh, at the moment. 4.20 at the moment, yeah. 4.20, I'm happy with that. I thought I saw 4.50 on Sportsbet a little bit earlier. So shop around, guys. Don't just be stuck in your one uh, bookmaker. Definitely Benno's the bet here. I think he's the bet of the card at Sydney on the weekend. He's put the riding on the wall for his first two runs uh, this prep. Super strong through the line first up in the wink stakes. We know the form that that's brought. Then stepped up to the mile second up and was good again behind Knight's order. All being the, the track pattern on the day just didn't give him a chance to run those horses down. But he was one of the very few runners on the day that made meaningful ground. He, he got out wide, wound up as he always does. He's a little bit one pace, but he's a stayer. So he just keeps grinding away and finding the line, and he's very honest. So, you know, you've only got to look back to the Derby last prep where he paired off with Profondo. Yeah. Uh, not Profondo, Hitotsu. Hitotsu, yeah. Hitotsu, and, and that horse is a freak animal and only just got over the top of him over this sort of trip. So up to 2,000, third up, back on top of the ground. I really think this is the best on the card. This is what happens, right? So I get excited about a horse, and I always go off one or two too early. Jacko picks his moment a little bit better than I do and he finds this horse ready to peak third up just before his grand final with which is his next run on October 1st in the in the Metro. I'm with you mate this is definitely one of the best on the card Benno $4.20 sn snatch it up mm. just take your $4.20 I think they'll actually come for him to be honest yep. I think I think the punters will come I think he'll start around that $3 wouldn't even be surprised to see him under threes to be honest mm. the thing about this horse is he's classy he hits the line hard every start. So that 1,400 metre first up run behind Animo, that's the cream of the crop form for Sydney Racing. Yep. Cream of the crop. Behind Animo, he's $2.10 in a much classier race than this. Yeah, I'm all over this horse. Um, I just, you have to mention Knight's Order. He's obviously only going to get better. I know that he's had, you know, conditions favour him in both his last two wins. The Sydney Cup run, that was a complete leader's track. And then last start was a complete leader's track. But he's also winning. Like, you still actually have to go out and win. And that was over 1,600. He steps up here. So if there is a Sabre horse, it's the one with that really good racing pattern. Certainly. And he didn't have the lead all by himself, even with the pattern on the day. I, I mentioned that the stable mate came out and sort of pressured him for most of the for most of the run. So he looks to get a little bit of a softer lead this day. So any sort of hint of pattern, he's probably the one you're keeping on side. What a card. Um, Caulfield, Rupert Clark Day. Mm. <laughs> 
going down there as well. There's nothing short of talent down there as well. Um, we're going to do races four, five. We're going to skip six, roll straight to the Rupert Clark, do eight and nine. So four, five, seven, eight, and nine. We kick it off in the Caulfield Guineas Prelude. Um, obviously, a bit of a weaker race, probably. You know, you've got all these horses that are getting prepped for a Golden Rose. Um, the Phillies as well, they're, they're in their 1,000 Guineas Prelude. So you sort of only get the leftovers in a weird way in the, in the Caulfield Guineas Prelude. Mm. 1,400 aft cabins, 240 favourite with Aussie Penko, 370. $9 Japanese Emperor. Um, Meridius is 950. And then you've got double digits, so... Amenable is 14s, Zambagini 18s, Lethal Thoughts is 18s with Sir Bailey at 23s. Got a couple more at 20s and more. To me, this is top two in the market. Just take your pick. Yeah, it, it depends, you know, how the trainers have set these horses up. So, Aft Cabin, they're obviously going to the Caulfield Guineas. That's their plan. That's what they want to do. Are they coming to play here? Do they want to win this race or is this just one more run just to get that last little bit of prep run in the legs before they go to the grand final. They looked like intent first up. Mm. It did, it did. But the horse had to come through maiden grades to then obviously step up to that last run last time and just sort of had to muscle out. Um, and obviously Jack and I was too good on the day. Mm-hmm. That's still nice enough form. And I don't know how excited I am about that price, but it's just one of those races where you mentioned it's probably the leftovers. And you make a good point that there's not a whole lot of depth in this form here. And I think um, I think it's a fair price, but it's nothing to get excited about, obviously. Just on the map, this was a head-scratcher for me. I don't want to be definitive in, in where I'm going here. Zambagini is a horse that has shown speed in the past, but has also missed the, missed the kick on a couple of occasions like we saw last time, and that could have a big impact on the sort of tempo we see here. Let's just say they roll forward. Uh, Lethal Thoughts and Ossipanko are both drawn towards the inside, so I think they can be close enough. Aft Cabin can't be further than three pairs back. If they're close enough, he's obviously a super chance, and... Just put your trust in Jamie Carr to just get him off the fence and hopefully they're making up ground at Caulfield over the weekend. I noted the rail was out though, so it's just something to keep an eye on there for pattern uh, punters. But Aft Cabin's the one on top for me. The one I want to save on though, and I've got a little bit of time for, is this Lethal Thoughts. Went up to Queensland last prep and was a massive run visually slashing in the JJ Atkins over a mile. I can see that it does want the mile and probably further, but I think this is a horse that can be the KO chance. It's had the run already, wasn't asked to do a whole lot there. It was just more of a run to get some um, you know, fitness in the legs and then come in second up. They probably don't need this to then make the Caulfield Guineas field. I know that's their target, but this is the knockout for me if they're making up ground. Have you got... What What? What? What'd you say the rail was out? Five metres, I believe. Five metres. So just to explain to the punters what that actually does to the track. So if you race on a true or a... That, that's what they usually call it, a true, true. rail. Yep. Yep. So if you race on a true rail... That means that it's right, probably as far and as wide as the track can be um, in terms of all the way around the track. What happens is when we race 600 kilo animals on a track, the, the grass gets chopped up and the ground doesn't stay in great nick. So they move the rail in and out to try and keep um, the rail, uh, the, the, the grass in good condition so that the horses aren't too disadvantaged in that really bad part of the ground. But what it does mean is you bring the rail out five meters all of a sudden, everywhere near the rail is usually hot ground. It's fresh, clean grass that hasn't been galloped on. Um, they don't allow any track work or anything to go on that part of the ground during the week. So it's fresh, clean ground, unaffected, and that's obviously controlled by those runners on pace. Absolutely. And so that's why we mention it so much. We talk about that rail. It's just, yeah, you really... It, there you go, six metres I'm looking at now for Rupert Clark Day. So that's nearly... Half a set of lanes, probably. Half a set of horses in a 12, 14 horse field. Yeah, at least, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you definitely want to be on pace. Um, but that's not to say you can't come from anywhere, hopefully. I'm just really interested by this race. You've obviously got Aft Cabin and Aussie Penko. They're the two that seem to have the class for me. Um, I'm leaning towards Aft Cabin. Don't like the price. It's a no bet. I'm sorry to sorry to be gutless and leave myself out, but it's well, a no bet. Well, let, let's just look at the weekend we had, for example. Yes, we found plenty of winners, but if you look into the mindset side of punting, we said, and this is for Flemington uh, last Saturday, we said race six, no bet. Race eight, no bet. Race six, there was a $19 winner, and race eight was a similar price as well. We said no bets. We went. We then went and had another, say, seven bets and hit five of them. Yeah. So you don't have to have a bet in every race, guys. If there's not a bet for you, don't manufacture one. Race five, 1,000 guineas prelude as well. Um, 
actually some nice fillies in this. I don't know if they're going to be up to winning a guineas, but um, fourteen hundred. She's lickety split. Comes over from New Zealand. Five dollars top of the market. Boogie Dancer for Moody is six. Miss Hellfire eight fifty. Mumbai Jewel nine fifty. Revolutionary Miss. Finally, a good return from her. Like I thought, mm. she actually slashed home pretty well at the Valley. Mm-hmm. Sumatra's elevens with Russian Conquest at twelve. So there's a Jewel acceptor. Seven Vales is thirteens as well. Hope at hand thirteens. A couple more down the bottom. I'm not going to go through all of them. Mm. Tough, tough, tough race. I found two. Mm. How'd you go? I found two from an interest perspective, from a neutral perspective, just to see how they would go. From a bet, it's you know similar to what we just spoke about. This is one of those races where I'm staying well out. As far as the map goes, so Foxy Gold will roll forward. Miss Hellfire will be close enough. And I don't know how you say this one, Proscenium Arch. I think that's why I didn't go all the way down the order, mate. But yeah, you're spot on, Proscenium Arch. Proscenium Arch will go with that. And Celestial Spirit will be close enough as well. Whether the rest of them want to go back and find their, their spots or one like potentially hope at hand that the Adelaide runner might roll forward and, and put some inject some more speed into this race, we'll have to see. But this is a nightmare, not only from a map perspective, but just from a form line perspective. You touched on that Atlantic Jewel race that Troach won a couple of weeks back at the Valley. That was another day where it was very difficult to make up ground. And those couple that were in behind that I think you're going to touch on as well, um, Mumbai Jewel being one of them, caught the check and was very unlucky going through the line. I thought you can probably forgive that run. But again, these horses that have the pattern of going back, quite often they run into some trouble. So you've got to sort of take it with a grain of salt. Yes, you're getting a price, but the pattern is probably the reason for that. Uh, obviously, Caulfield is probably going to play on speed or at least be advantageous to be up there. The other one, well, the other one as well is Boogie Dancer. I know you've got an opinion of this horse doing some really nice work through the line in that same race. Stepping up to 1,400 now is definitely an advantage. I still think it wants even further, mile plus. We'll see how they go. It's probably aimed at that 1,000 guineas um, over the mile. Oaks. Or an Oaks. They could just progress it all the way through. But if it's up to this and wound up, they can definitely get a kill here. I'm with it. Um, Boogie Dancer, I thought, not awfully impressive until the final 200. So it's last 200 at the valley behind Troach. It started to hit the line, and then that bit past the line, it's... It was nearly in front, about 50 metres past the post. Um, usually a really good sign if you're looking for a horse that needs further. Have a look at what they do past the post. It, it doesn't have to just be what happens prior to the end. Have a look past the post. That's why the stewards always watch that vision as well. So Boogie Dancer for me, Moody Stable is absolutely flying. Flying. They've got a mare that we'll touch on later that's just flying. But it, yeah, just the way he's come back. And he's timed it for spring, hasn't he? He knows exactly he's what freak, he's doing. Man. He's a freak. Um, Mumbai Jewel, we both spoke about this horse. Unlucky. Yeah, unlucky, but it's it's a horse that tends to find trouble yes. in its runs. It gets back, it gets into traffic, and you've just got to have those heart attack moments if you're backing this horse. <laughs> if you are backing it, certainly keep the place on side. Race 7, Group 1 time. We're actually watching a couple of replays. I know this sounds really weird, but I'm pretty sure... There's been some seriously good horses that won this race. Santa and Elaine won this race. $19. Mm. Your boy, Schneebles over here, had a piece. <laughs> I was a young kid too. Like I was like 19, fresh at the track. I think I was wearing a tarot cash suit. Mm. And I remember cheering home Santa and Elaine. I had my $12.50 on it at $21 or something. <laughs> Santa, what a, what a horse. He was a freak horse. Five group one wins. We were talking about it before the potty, whether there was more left in him or whether they got the absolute best out of him. As an owner, like five group ones, he'd just be happy. What always reigns in my memory was when Mark Zara came over and rode him for the TJ in Sydney. Absolute elite field. Like, Nature Street <laughs> was in there behind that day, among others. Freak, freak talents in there. The horse just came to the outside, stayed out of trouble, was probably six wide turning, straightened up, and Mark Zara just turned around at the, you know, two, three hundred, they were gone. <laughs> and I remember he stared straight into me because I was on something else that day. Stared straight into my eyes and just gave, gave me a spray. He's going over the line. <laughs> so good. Um, anyway, group one time. 1,400 metres. It's always a ripping race. So I wish I win. It's actually, funnily enough, second emergency. Um, it's $3.20 coming off a really, really impressive first start in Australia. Again, that yard, Moody, just flying. Ayrton's first up for price in Kent, $5. Tuvalu. Now, this is interesting. Mm. We looked before at this horse, $7.50 an hour ago, mm-hmm. into six. 
So I can see the money's starting to talk. Dragon Leap, another interesting runner. It's first emergency as well. Over from New Zealand, $7. Showmanship down from Sydney, $7.50. Graceful Girl, 12s. Halal, 12s. Shayu, 13s at a new yard now. I'm Superman's $15. Cinewine is second up this day. Interesting runner, $18. Asar, the fucking dog. <laughs> can you say that? Sorry, I shouldn't. You can say it. You can say it. It's just another one of those things where the pattern was so bad on the day at, at the value they weren't making up ground that Asar got up at 30 to 1. Like I, I can't remember the last time he's won a race, but he looks like winning every race, which is the sick part. I've stuck my neck out for him time and time again, but... I've let him go around the last three or four times and I just shook my head on, on that weekend. you got a couple of other good runners down there, but there's 20 and more. I believe the horses that we're sort of going to chat about, I've already mentioned. This is one of the toughest races I've ever had to assess. You've got the favourites, a second emergency. You, there's no doubt that it'll find a way to get a run, especially with a soft track looming. Mm. It's only had one start in Australia. It's 3.20 in a handicap. Rupert Clark. Yeah. Oh, this race is crook. It's crook. Number of different form lines. Um, look, I'll touch on the map first. Dallasian's going to be up there close enough. Just Folk, Laws of Indices will be midfield. And, um, you know, our mate Azar, the, the grub will be, will be close we, enough. We need to talk about this more because, sorry, Azar is a horse that we've genuinely stuck our neck out for. Jackson more than I. Yeah. We've stuck our neck out for this thing. And then he comes out and knocks our tip off. And wins at 20s. Yeah, it, I think we were just in love with his three-year-old form and just praying and hoping that he would get back to that stage. But look, hats off to the trainers. You know, the, the Hayes are just doing a super job at the moment and they've got horses up and about like Mr. Brightside at the moment. So you, you, you can't knock the trainers. Some horses just on a certain day just don't want to turn up and run through the line. But <laughs> I'm off it. He's a cat. He's one of those horses that can turn into a feline on race day. So it's certainly a horse that I won't be following anymore. If he wins, it's a blackout result. Um, just further on the map, Tuvalu goes forward for Lindsay Smith and Buffalo River's close enough as well. Those two sort of roll forward. I've got them being the first two. Um, very interesting race. You mentioned that the different form lines. And I think as far as the prices go, I'm just going to hold off for now because if that uh, Moody horse, I wish I win, gets in, going to have a big impact on the prices or if it comes out, the same will be the case. And also Dragon Leap is another one that's first emergency that a few have got an opinion around and it's being respected in the market as well. Whether that horse gets a start or not will, will have a big uh, impact on the market as well. So the prices that we're mentioning right now are probably not the prices that will it's be on the be weekend. It's going a different game day. Obviously Wednesday night and there's rain forecasted as well. So you'd probably say that it, it will be a number of scratchings come Saturday morning. If you're not looking for that wet deck, we'll have to see how much rain comes. But the horse at this early stage that I'm very interested in <clears> is the horse coming through that Sydney form and of showmanship. We were very bullish about this horse first up. Declared it. Declared it. Even after the declarations, <laughs> I feel like we weren't expecting that turn of foot off mm. that long break first up to be able to run down prime candidate with the light weight in that way. With fucking seven runners. With seven runners off a moderate tempo to be able to quicken that well first up was pretty elite and to see that barring no second up sort of flatness or second up syndrome as they say i can't see this horse not running anywhere but top three at the moment we're getting nine dollars fifty nine dollars i'm always of the opinion or not always but 90 percent of the time the sydney form stands up yeah. and it's superior we'll, we'll give you one example of the weekend of um bonus notches uh, for the three-year-old form and spacewalk coming over and, and taking on some of the best three-year-olds in Melbourne, and they they cornelled it after running you know fifth and sixth in a Sydney race. So that's just where they're at, especially in spring and autumn in the peak season. The Sydney form always stands up. I'm happy to spec it here. Prime Candidate came out and franked the form. Yes, it didn't win, but was very honest up on speed on the weekend. So I'm happy to back up here. Like I say, as long as there's no second up syndrome or flatness off that long break, doesn't mind any cut in the ground at all. That's going to be no disadvantage. As long as Ollie can get him uh, in a nice midfield spot, get clean air, I think he, he will be very close to going top three or winning. Shayu is the interesting runner for me. So mm. this horse flies first up. It's five starts for four wins first up. Changes camps, so moves across to Price in Kent, um, which is just such a great camp to be a part of for a horse like this. If there's heaps of speed on, which I assume there will be in a 1400 Rupert Clark, 
they usually go lickety split yeah. <laughs> as they as, as that horse we mentioned before mm. um she'll get back she'll charge home she might not win but you're getting a nice price at that 13 14 dollars Tuvalu, interesting runner for me. We mentioned before that this horse has been really well backed. First up, it flies. So it's four starts, three wins, and a placing first up. Um, loves a little bit of cut out of the ground as well. So it goes super on, on the soft and really well. It's, it's had one win on the heavy as well. Yep. So I can see why the money's coming for this horse. Yep. I wish I win. I'm sorry, but I'm not taking the price. Yep. I can't take three bucks. One mm. start over here... What, like, oh, just, I think it's I think it's stable related. We touched on where Moody is at and the clip that he's going at at the moment. It's hard to sort of knock, but capacity field, plenty of uh, well-performed runners in this field. Messy map. You, you'd be a brave person to take on that that sort of short quote. Race eight. Geez, that's exciting, man. Mm. Group one. Um, race eight's the the how now. Okay, so we move on to a twelve hundred meter race. Um, I've got to say, my best bet on the card at Caulfield comes in this race. So, Chain of Lightning, top of the market, 280. Zapateo, 550. Isotope is 550 as well. Written Beauty, 7. She's all class, 850. Another award, double digits. Argentia, she's back. Mm. Who knows what this horse can do, mm-hmm. this preparation, with Lavish Girl at 20s, Rainville and Exolita at 71s. You can go through the map in a moment. I just want to give a wrap to this horse, Chain of Lightning. It's my best bet of the day in Melbourne. Um, Absolutely flying. Had two really good looks at Caulfield for two wins. Take it away. It's been moody again. He's just a freak. He's flying, He's absolutely flying. He's he's rising up to take on Kieran Martin Eustace as the best over there at the moment. So, yeah, look, a lot of respect paid to them. In terms of the map, Rainbill will roll forward from that wide gate. Lavish Girls drawn inside as well. So they'll be positive there. Zapateo and Chain of Lightning map beautifully for this. They're obviously one, two in the market. They map beautifully. Nice. They'll camp just in behind. There'll be a moderate tempo. I don't anticipate a you know a, a breakneck sort of speed on the weekend, but those two, regardless of the tempo, they're going to get their chance. Um, and there could be a bit of tactics playing with with Chain of Lightning. Jamie Carr might potentially keep Oliver on in, in, in Zapateo and just try and tuck them into that pocket and not let him get out. That would be interesting to play out and, and you know I think that's going to be the telling factor in the end because I've got these two horses. Yes, Chain of Lighting has no ceiling. At the moment, I've got them pretty similar as far as talent goes and where they're at in their prep. In terms of Chain of Lighting, you'll expand on it, but unbeaten mare, freak horse, freak talent. The market hasn't exactly respected her or given the respect that she probably deserves and started, I think it was $7 or something last start or thereabouts and thrashed it. was just way too good, so... I'll let you expand there, but the one that I will be having a play on, and I've got too much respect for this horse to let it go around, Zapateo. I'm a punter that, you know, he doesn't jump off after one run. I'll give them two or three chances before I hop off because there's nothing worse than following a horse throughout a prep and jumping off and they all of a sudden win at a decent price. At $5.56 here, I think this is a bet. Definitely go each way because I respect the, the favourite here of Chain of Lightning, but... I'm going to forgive that last run behind Eduardo. Bog track, no one was making up ground and the wheels were spinning on Zapateo on that day. So she's back into Mare's great here. Coming back off a run behind Eduardo, that's that's got to be a you know a big drop in class and she'll be right within you know her, her means here and this is well within her grasp, this race. So at sort of $6 to $2 the, the uh, place, I'm on, mate. I'm going each way all day. I can't see her not finishing in the top three. And like I say, maps absolutely beautifully as long as D. Oliver gets the chance and the rain doesn't come to the point where it's a heavy 10. I think huge chance. Best bet all day mm. at Caulfield. Chain of lightning. Gate 11. It's not going to be a problem. This horse is bomb-proof at the minute. Five from five. Two from two on soft. Sorry, three from three on soft. Two from two on the good. Gets Jamie Carr. As we mentioned before, Moody is the one. He's just training so well at the moment. Moment, He doesn't have a massive amount of runners. Yep. But the ones he has, he's putting so much time into and they're all flying. Yep. This horse left Kiss on All Four Cheeks behind. And I know how much of an opinion you have on that horse. That's why I do find it a little bit interesting you haven't gone with this runner. But mm. Zapateo, a little bit similar as well. You've got a lot of time for that horse. So I understand Chain of Lightning for me, this is literally the best bet at Caulfield for mine. Mm. Um, I'd say this would be, if not its last run for the prep, second last. I can't imagine they're going to keep going back to the well. Like This is fourth run now. Like What are you... 
Where and, do you and, go? and only the second campaign as well. It's a very lightly raced runner. Um, how much fitness is left in the legs? You never doubt Moody, though. He'll go wherever he wants with this type of talent. Jamie, just let the big grey mare down the outside and do her thing. She's a star. The final race we're going to cover, so race nine, it's the Henley Homes for RPC. All right, and we see a couple of first uppers, actually a lot of first uppers. It's over 1,100. Rose Quartz is 480, top of the market, with Sarah Des at 550. It's Our Time is six, with Prince of Boom at sevens. In the boat, 750, interesting runner. Curran, 950. Then you got double digits, so ingratiating. Amish Boy, they're both 13s. Bless her. Rocketing Visor, Jewel, Acceptor. Sartorial Splendor, Holbein, and Fine Dane. We haven't agreed a lot on this podcast, Jackson. Mm, like, mm. No, like, I don't know if we've agreed at all. Well, speaking of best bets, this is it for me. I, I know it's first up. Um, I know how bullish you were. I'm probably not as bullish as you were with Chain of Lightning, but I'm very keen on It's Our Time here. Just for the punters, I'll touch on the map. Obviously, we want to make sure all, all stones are, are, are left not unturned. Uh, so Sartorial Splendor and In the Boat are going to roll forward. In the Boat's got a really good racing pattern. I wasn't really taken by its first up run though. Maybe it just needed that mm. um, first up and then we'll build through the prep, but we'll see what happens there. Prince of Boom rolls forward as well and Holbein as well has got uh, a little bit of tactical speed. So they're probably the first three or four in the running. It's our time, the, the horse that we're both keen on. Interesting to see if it leaves well enough, whether John McNeil will have him midfield, hopefully three pairs back off the fence. I'm thinking six, fifth, sixth. That's where I want him. I want him three pairs back off the fence, present him when needed. He's coming off two jump outs, so you know, you'd know you expect that he'd be forward enough first up. Does go really well first up, and, and you know the, the records reflect that. First up last campaign was second behind Extreme Warrior, who's now out to start. That's the opinion that the, you know that, that horse had. Big wraps around, so that's good enough form. Obviously, should have picked up that win last prep, probably on a couple of occasions, especially in its last two runs, and it has cost me. Mm-hmm. So I'm coming back to, to get my fucking collect this week. <laughs> I'm coming back. So hopefully, John McNeil getting midfield swinging. I can't find another bet in this race. I respect Prince of Boom, these other runners that have um, been relatively well performed, but you know, in the boat can bounce back off that first up run, but I don't want to be taking that price, especially, you know you know, how sort of, not poorly, but just very average and flat run, I thought, first up. So I'm not taking either of those prices. It's our time. Is at a good price? Definitely keep the place on side. When I say best bet, top three. Like, this is cash for top three. Yeah. What have we got at the moment for a we place? Got, mate, we got $6 and two twenty at the minute. Two twenty is ridiculous for the place. Yeah. I think that's well over the odds. If you're a smart punter and you're playing the long game, you're definitely keeping your place on side for horses that are first up like this. But yeah, look, John McNeil, give him strength, boys. It's probably your 30, 70 bet. So your 30 win, 70 yep. place. Maybe that's sort of set up, Jacko. Absolutely. Um, yeah, pretty simple. Coming off a really, really nice two um, jump outs, they call them down there. The second one in particular was very quiet and this thing was just absolutely ambling to the line. So... Flies first up the horse. John McNeil's such a massive tick and gets 54 kilos. Um, I can't find a chink in this thing's armour for first up. So yeah. if he's ready to go, I think he run the pace for sure. I think it's a really, really nice pace bet, as mm. you mentioned. Wow. Two Group 1 cars. We've got one at Randwick run at Caulfield. It's been a pleasure so far, but <laughs> tell you what to make it even better. If you can do what you did for us on Saturday. Can you imagine... And I'm, I'm going to talk you through these punters. Can you imagine tipping nine horses to win? So you've tipped nine out of 19 as a duo, which is like pretty good going. And that's just, you know, on the Eastern seaboard. Mm. And then you sort of look at your mate and go, look, I don't need to keep punning. I really don't. But I, I, I listen to this podcast and this bloke comes on and... He gives this tip over on the gravel tracks over there at Belmont. and oh, I don't know. Should you have 50 on it? And you go, yeah, righto. I'll have 50 on it. It's called the Best West End. And guess what it does? It wins. Mm. It won last weekend. Give us one this weekend. Go on to race eight, guys. This is the stakes race on the day. Um, stakes races are usually restricted sixes over there in, in, uh, <laughs> in WA. But um, yeah, look, they're, they're, they're referring to it as black top. So good on them. <laughs> I mentioned a couple of weeks back, the horse that I tipped got rolled by an absolute bee's cutzel for my Italian fans. A, a bee's what? A bee's cock. <laughs> Star Trade we're going with this week, and that was the horse that rolled us a couple of weeks back. You may say I've got my tail between my legs, but I uh, I believe what I saw a couple of weeks back, and the fact that Parnham sticks with this horse when he definitely had the option to go either or. Mm-hmm. 
this is the horse I want to be with. They're at a similar price between star trading comes a time, but I think the $3.60 or $3.80, depending on where you're betting, is very attractive at the moment. Stays at the trip now. Um, you know, I just think it's super hard to beat. What time have we got this week? Might be fucking 7 o'clock here. What are we looking at? Mate, we're looking at uh, 6.40. 6.40. So Midnight. Well and truly done and dusted on your Sydney and Melbourne cards. This is your get out, guys. If you've had a rough day, stick with the best Western. Ride me out, guys. We, we're going at a ridiculous clip. Hopefully this thing can get up for us. I'm banking on that Parnham will just sit off comes a time and present when needed and just come over the top like they did a fortnight ago. And I think $3.60 is a fantastic bet. Best Western. That's the best Western. You heard it here first. Um, look, be on or be wrong. It's pretty simple. Um, best bets for me, Caulfield. I don't know if I made it obvious enough, but Chain of Lightning um, is my best bet. It's around that 280, 290. And then Richie Benno up in Sydney. I know you agree that this is one of the better bets on the card, but I think there's a nice multi there. You've got Chain of Lightning. If you're a safer punter, do them both to place. You should get around that 250, 260, but I'd be going Chain of Lightning to win into Richie Benno to run a place. You should get, I don't know, maybe four bucks? Thereabouts, maybe even bigger, uh, depending on what Benno comes in at on the day, but Benno for me is the is the bet on the card and probably across both cards as well. I just, I can't work out how they've come up with $4.40. or It's daft. I, I, I haven't figured that out, so definitely get on board now, guys. It will start shorter. Been a pleasure, lads. Um, hopefully we keep on rolling. Obviously last week was fantastic, but we'll keep bringing the content and you guys keep putting your money in and backing a few winners. We've got an exciting thing coming up next week as well that we're going to keep you guys up to date with. Um, it's really important you start you know, sharing this around to your friends and sharing this with your mates because we've got an opportunity for someone to come on board to the podcast um, for their little segment, which we'll mention next week. Jacko? Yeah. Stay tuned, guys. Really keen. Thanks, legends. Have a good week. Awesome.